checking where the camera was. That's a bit scary. <laughs> Thank you so much for reading that to us tonight. It's a bit of a, a chunky reading, and we're going to be diving into a bit of an overview of Habakkuk. Um, but if you've, if you've been with us at Christchurch uh, this year, this 2021, we started the year off in a series in the book of Hebrews, and then we paused last week and had a chance to ask some big questions. And we had two absolutely fabulous talks. So if you only managed to catch one of them, I really recommend that you catch the one you missed. They were absolutely fantastic. And today, before we dive next week into a series in the Gospel of John, we're just pausing again. And we're pausing again as a whole church to invite you this Lent to be praying for the church here at Christchurch, for our vision and for our mission here together. And it, we want this to be a sort of process throughout the whole of this year to reflect on the vision and values we've had and to just assess them and to ask God, are they still the right ones you want us to be holding now or is there anything new? And we want that to be a process where it isn't just about the vicar that stands up the front and sort of tells you their sort of cry, their call. We want to discern together as the whole people of God. We want to weigh them. And so we want to be inviting you in your small groups and as individuals to be talking about them, chatting about them and thinking them through. Now, if we've got a slide at the first slide of my PowerPoint, if that comes up, when we're thinking about... What, what's the vision for my life and what's the vision for the life of the church? There's some really, really helpful questions that we can look at, some things to think about as we work that through. And it might be that you want to take these, they're on the study notes, you'll, you'll have them on your e-newsletters um, and look at them. And the first one is to kind of have a little look back at, well, actually, where have we been? If we want to think about where we should go next, it's good to think about where have we been? What's our story? Set aside time to pray. Search for confirmation in God's word. You know, are we, are we about doing things that are in God's word? Get wise advice. Seek unity. Rely on the Holy Spirit and walk in faith. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. Great. So, um... I just thought I'd share just really quickly before we dive into Habakkuk, three sort of initial things that have been standing out to me as I've started to reflect on our vision and values. And one of the things that stood out to me, and I shared a little bit about it at the APCM in October, is our statement which says, gather, grow and give. And it's a statement that tells us about ourself as a church and as I've been reflecting on this, I think I've found it just really, really helpful in keeping on to describing to myself what we're about. I think I found it helpful because the gathering in is about our idea of wanting to make disciples that make disciples. And actually, that is the fundamental thing we're here. We're here to point people to Jesus and for, to see them then point others to Jesus. And that's not going to change. The growing, I'd love us as a church to keep growing in the depth of the word of God. And that means being people that are in the word of God, sort of in season and out of season. When it feels amazing to be reading the scriptures and God's just bringing fresh revelation to us in the times when it's harder work and we're just sort of 
plowing through and keeping going. But in season and out of season, when it feels good and when it doesn't feel good, to be people that are rooted in the scriptures. In our small group last week, we ended up looking at Isaiah 55. And it's a beautiful passage. It talks about the word of God going out. And it says, um, the word of God went out like rain. And you sort of have this image of it being kind of dumped, sprinkled on someone and then being immediately wet and sort of refreshed. And then it talks about the word of God being like snow, a sort of heavy lump of snow, just plop, there it is. And uh, it doesn't have the same effect as that sprinkling rain. But over time, the snow thaws and then it wets and refreshes. And sometimes it's like that with the word of God. You know, you're reading the Bible and it's like, oh, let's sprinkle this great refreshment. And sometimes it's like, this lump of snow. But that lump of snow, Joe's laughing at me. <laughs> um, that lump of snow will stay with you. And at some point, it begins to melt. And at the right time, that refreshment of it, that usefulness of it, will be revealed and you'll see it at work in your life or in those around you as you speak to them from God's word. So I do want us to be growing as a church in the word of God, whether that's in our youth group, our small groups, our services out there in the world. We want to be people rooted in the word. And then I think the other thing about us growing is I think that God wants us more and more increasingly to be a place of healing, healing in the broadest sense, that we really are to be God's hospital here in Chiswick. To see people transformed through the power and work of the Holy Spirit, in body, mind, and spirit, to be healed and brought close to Jesus. And then give. Of course, our giving comes out of an overflow of what God has given to us. And that's just so significant because actually here in West London, we're a transitory church. We, we have to give people away. Um, we're, we're an amazingly enriched church. And so we want to give our resources away. We want to give of our, our best people into the workplaces in London so that they can be salt and light in those places. We want to give our spaces away to be used. We want to be generous and giving sometimes that's hard sometimes it's painful isn't it if you've lived in London for a long time like I've almost have you know you have to say some goodbyes from time to time but actually it's exciting because we have friends like all over the world which was so amazing um just this week I connected a family from Christchurch who've moved back from Morocco into London uh, and they needed somewhere to stay and obviously we're in the middle of a pandemic so that's like really really tricky um, but another family of ours is now in France and they've gone oh you can have our house because we're the family of God they don't know each other they've not been at Christchurch at the same time but but they're part of the Christchurch family and so that's really cool the family from Morocco are going to live in the house of the family that now in France anyway that is the church family and our family goes beyond Chiswick now which is so exciting and so amazing and we want to celebrate that. I also had an email this week uh, from one of our ladies in the 930 congregation and she was praying for someone in our prayer diary. They've actually moved back to Taiwan and they've been in contact this week as she was praying for her. She got back in contact with her and she was talking and she was saying, Christ Church grew me in my faith. You never guess what, I'm in Taiwan now and we baptized my dad last week. We're part of something that is bigger than us. And as we give away, we get to join in with God's work all around the world, which is so exciting. 
We've got projects in progress. As we've got two beacons on the green, St. Albans and here. They're amazing resources. We've got to use them for the kingdom, and there's more to be done. We've got a staff team and a congregation who together are working for and under our vision and values. I think some of this year is going to feel like a time when we need to just really stop and pause and also a time when we need to go. And I think that both are going to need to happen this year. It's not just going to be one or the other. I think, as I've been talking to many people, there is a great tiredness around. This has just been exhausting. The stop-start of different types of levels of lockdown, the working out what we can and can't do, the, the mental energy taken with trying to arrange to have cocktails over Zoom with your friends, and, and you just actually would just like to go to the pub with them, and the kind of the exhaustion of trying to work and, and be on screen so much, and then those of you that have been homeschooling kids, and those of you that have been doing more in the workplace because your colleagues haven't been doing as much, and just... There's a lot of exhaustion in our city right now. And so it's going to be really important, people of God, that we are so kind to ourselves and that we really pause and rest when we need to get deep refreshment this year. And our hope and my prayer for you is that you do get some brilliant, deep rest. And for some of you, that rest is going to come as you can actually interact more with people because that's where you get your energy from. And this has been exhausting because you've been too much on your own. For others of you, just want to go and lie down in a dark room and stay there. But I just pray that in whatever ways you need to receive rest, we will begin to be rested and refreshed and that we take the time that we need for that. But there's going to be other things that God's doing and already is stirring in the background and other things that are rippling away where actually it's time to go, it's time to move on things. And that's exciting too. And so I think there's going to be both rest and going this year. So let's, uh, let's kind, of, kind of move into this chapter in Habakkuk and why I've kind of decided to speak on that tonight. Um, I, uh, a few years back, had a really great privilege to have a sabbatical time. And um, some lovely Christians who I really didn't know uh, let me have their house in the Peak District, which was amazing. And I went there all by myself um, for five nights, which was amazing, and basically had a silent retreat on my own. And it was kind of weird, but incredible. And one of the, it was right at the start of the Monsal Trail. If you don't know it, it's about eight and a half miles um, from start to finish. And it's uh, an easy sort of walk. It's a sort of old railway track um, through the part of the Peak District. Really lovely. And uh, one day I thought, right, I'm going to walk the whole trail, the eight and a half miles to the other end, and then I'm going to walk eight and a half miles back. But I thought, that's going to be a bit boring to just do that. So I'd quite like to stop in Bakewell and explore Bakewell, maybe have a mooch around the shops, got to get the Bakewell tart, have a nice time. And, um, but it was January, so I thought... If I'm going to do that in one day, and I'm not maybe the fittest person, actually, it's going to take me, like, most of the day. But I really don't want to be walking back through the middle of the Peak District in the dark. And it's going to get dark about 
four o'clock. So I thought to myself, I better start really early. So I'll start in the dark, because that feels easier than finishing in the dark. And so not really knowing anything about the Monsell Trail before I started, I got up and uh, started walking. The first bit was fine. Yeah, it was dark, but it was all right. And then I realized that there were shed loads of tunnels along this path, loads of them. And the first one was okay because it was quite short, but the second one I came across was really long. And as I entered the pitch black of this tunnel, all I could do was try and focus on the light behind me and then the light that was ahead of me to try and just check that I wasn't going to get too disorientated in the dark and could keep going forward. And it was okay until about halfway through and there was a bend in the tunnel and for the briefest of moments, there was no light at all. Now, apparently, they have lights, these tunnels, and they turn them on, but they turn them on at like a sensible time of day, not like first thing in the morning when I was walking. Um, so anyway, found that out later. Um, but as I was there in that disorientation, I just had to trust because I knew that there was light and it was a not very long before I came to the point in the bend where I could begin to see the light ahead of me. And I just had to keep fixed on that and keep going. Now the book of Habakkuk is about fixing our eyes on God, having a fixed point when everything is disorientated around us and even when it feels like it's utter darkness. We're called to fix our eyes on God. And Habakkuk does two really significant things. And the reason I'm talking about them today is because I think they're going to be two really significant things for us to do in this season. And the first thing is that Habakkuk spends time lamenting. And the second thing is that Habakkuk spends time praising. And I just want to just draw that out and really look at that with you. You see, Habakkuk comes to fixing himself on God because in that moment when you're dark and you're disorientated, you can either turn inward and fix on yourself and the issues around or you can turn outwards. And as you take to God the darkness and the disorientation around you, and as you ask God the questions that you have, what you're doing is you begin to wrestle with God. And you can't wrestle with God without having contact with God. And that's really, really significant. And that's what it means to live by faith. To live by faith isn't um, having nice, neat answers come your way. It isn't blindly ignoring questions. Living by faith is wrestling with God to the point that you have contact with God. And as you do that, you actually end up with deeper and greater faith. And so Habakkuk laments as an act of faith. And um, in chapter 1, verse 2, he says this. He says, How long, O Lord, will I cry for your help? Habakkuk laments by saying, How 
long, O Lord. For Habakkuk, he's saying, how long, O Lord, are you going to let the rulers of Judah carry out injustice? How long, O Lord? I wonder what your how long, O Lord, lament prayer is today. How long, O Lord, is there going to be unrest in the Middle East? How long, O Lord, are we going to be in this pandemic? How long, O Lord, am I going to struggle with my finances? How long, O Lord, am I going to be stuck in this relationship or without this relationship? How long, O Lord? How long, O Lord, are my children going to cause me difficulties and distress? How long, O Lord? What's your lament today? There's a great uh, little story of a lady in Africa called Monique, or Monica, sorry. That's Monique. I've got Monique from church in my head tonight. She did a brilliant talk uh, on her home yesterday. Monica. And uh, Monica prayed that prayer, how long, eh, Lord, over her son. And she prayed for her son through his wild university days, and she kept praying, how long, O oh Lord, as he got his swanky jobs and uh, moved in great circles. And she prayed, how long, O oh Lord, when she felt he was wasting his life. How long, O oh Lord, when he turned completely away from the things she was praying for him. And she kept praying, how long, O oh Lord. And eventually, despite being a prodigal for most of his life, St. Augustine attributes his mother Monica's prayers to his turnaround. And uh, those of you who know anything about church history will know how significant this guy is. You can look him up if you don't know. How long, O Lord, is sometimes a prayer we pray for a very, very long time. Then the second type of lament that Habakkuk brings, we see in chapter 1, verses 12 to 13. Um, and uh, basically, this lament is not how long, O oh Lord, but how could you, God? So he laments how long, O oh Lord, and then how could you, God? And what he's saying in these verses in uh, chapter 1, 12 to 13, is that um, basically what's happened is a more wicked nation has come to deal with the wicked one that already exists. And Habakkuk's like, what are you doing, God? Why are you doing that? And it's like, um, you know, the story of the woman who swallowed the fly, and to deal with the fly, she swallowed the spider, and to deal with the spider, she swallowed the bird, and I forget the rest of it. Um, but it's like, there was one problem, a small problem, and now you've created a bigger problem. God, how could you? And so he brings these laments, how long, O oh Lord, and how could you? And as we read his laments, we learn something really, really significant. Because we see, particularly in verse 12 in chapter 1, we see the prophet appealing to God's character. Because he says, how could you, God? Because God, you are everlasting. God, you are holy. God, you are, how, so how could you, God? How could you? 
And here in this, we learn something really, really, really important. Here we learn the difference between complaint and lament. Complaint is when you bring an accusation against God. But lament is an appeal to God based on confidence in God's character. And this is really significant because I think as Christians there can be a tendency to do uh, one of two things. Firstly is when we're upset we don't say anything. We're just meant to be happy Christians so we just don't say anything. The second thing we can do is just, just complain loads. But lament gives us another way through when things are hard. Lament means that we don't need to act like everything's okay when it's not But it also means that we don't need to turn our backs on God. And that is significant. And so lament becomes an act of faith, a really important act of faith. And then as we move through the book of Habakkuk, it's really interesting because basically quite a big chunk of it is, is sort of lamenting. He, he laments and then God responds. He laments and then God responds. And then chapter three kind of has this final word. And right at the very end, there's a little note to like the director of music. And it's basically sort of saying, chop, chop, let's get the band back together now. Get out your harps and lyres and tambourines um, the music band will be very upset um, but come on guys get the band back together we need to bring our praise on we need to get praising again and I actually want to like turn this into praise because where he brings lament he also calls us to praise as an act of faith too praise is rooted in the revelation of who God is based on what God has done and in chapter two, uh, 3, verse 2, we hear the famous words that we, we probably know, the bit of Habakkuk that we might have heard if we've been in church for a while. And it says, I've heard of your fame. I've heard about you, God. I know the stories. Will you do the same in my day? And this is something that they did as they, they praised. You see, praise is not based on fluffy stuff. It's based on the revelation of God through the acts of God. And you see, they rehearsed together, didn't they, the stories. They knew at Passover, they talked about how God led them out of slavery in Egypt, how God parted the Red Sea, how God brought down the walls of Jericho, how God did X, Y, and Z. Praise isn't wishful thinking. It's rooted in God's character that's revealed by God's actions. I always find it really amazing that the Bible is not a list of the attributes of God. You don't open it up, page one, God is holy, God is good, God is... It doesn't do that, does it? It tells us stories about God's acts. And in that is revealed God's character. God is alive and real. And Habakkuk and God's people, they rehearsed those stories and they cried out, revive us, do it again, God. We know because you've done it, so do it again. And of course, for us today, what's the main act of God? Well, it's Jesus, isn't it? Jesus always right answer. <laughs> 
Jesus coming in flesh, living, dying, and resurrecting. We know of a God who has come in flesh, the greatest of all God's revelations. And Jesus is our reason to praise. And together this Lent, we're reading through Matthew's Gospel in our daily prayers. Next week, we're going to be back in John's Gospel because we're going to rehearse the story afresh of Jesus. We're going to be in the Gospels. We're going to be thinking about God's greatest act. And that's going to be really important, for in that is located God's very character, revealed through God's actions. And Jesus is a bridge, is an interesting bridge, because Jesus himself lamented as he walks about on the earth. He knew the questions we ask. He knew the great questions that grief throws up for us. And it's in sort of John chapter 11 where we see him encountering people and others at Lazarus' grave. And Jesus' heart breaks, and we get the shortest verse in the Bible, and it just goes, he wept. He wept. He lamented and felt all the stuff that's painful and wrong. But he then becomes our reason for praise. For in the resurrection, he shows us what God is like. And it's a God that does not let death have the final word. A God who does not let sin win. A God who sets things right, who will wipe every tear away. A God who restores, a God who renews, a God who refreshes and redeems and pays back what the locusts have eaten. It's God who is so amazing and has the final word. And so that is why we can praise When the fig tree doesn't blossom, when no sheep are left in the pen. And what it's saying is even if the worst things we can imagine happen, even if they happen, they will not be the last thing. Because God has the final word. And as the church of God, we hold the gift of that good news to the world. We have incredible news to share. And that is why as a church, as we head through this season, yes, we will lament. But yes, we are calling the band back together and we are going to be praising God. And so here in West London, I'm inviting you into a season with me of healthy lament and healthy praise as we travel through the next few months. And together, we're going to be saying, God, what do you want to do with us in this next little bit? What do you want to do here in Christchurch? What do you want to do in us and through us that we might be a great blessing to you, Lord? And we're going to keep listening together. Well, God bless you, and I'm going to hand over to John just to lead us in a time of uh, receiving from God and from the band a chance to invite the Holy Spirit to, to minister to us.